Hello, you're listening to Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is a classical podcast episode where we talk about the news that seems important to us, that should be important to you because it's important to us, and then dive into our community and talk to some fantastic community members that have left us comments through email, uh, contact us button on otakuspirit.com, or on our Discord. We have a questions channel in there where you can submit questions, or if you're bad community members, start talking in there because it's bad. <laughs> I think it's going to be like an ongoing joke is this whole idea of people talking in there and they're not supposed to, but they'll do it just because we're making fun of it. Don't do that because then Ira's going to get mad. <laughs> I don't want Ira not to get the joke and then get mad at you guys. But anyways, uh, yes, it's it's been a fun last couple weeks. Last week we did pretty much a mailbag episode, which got us mostly caught up, so that's great. But uh, we still got more coming in. We want more coming in. So it's a lot of fun uh, communicating with you guys and hearing your feedback. And yes, you're... Your first animes, which has been kind of weird. You guys are weird people who have had weird starter anime that shouldn't be allowed in the anime sphere. But you do I'm it weird too, so I guess I'm part of that club. That was you're not <laughs> that weird. Was, that was the funny thing because we were talking about how these people have like really weird and like sometimes raunchy starter anime, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah technically we started with things like Tenchi Muyo, which is you know has lots of. And inappropriate stuff in it. We just, at the time, we just thought it was edgy. Now it's just, holy crap, that's weird to start out with that. But it's a lot of fun. I, I, I think the new the new starter anime concept has been a lot of fun. We need to, I need to go back and remember who started that because then they can get credit for it whenever we talk about it. So, but yeah, as always, we're always interested in those weird, weird, fun new concepts for us to talk about. So, but yeah, the last, last couple weeks has been pretty crazy this week has been mostly crazy because we're moving stuff and getting new floors put in and it's just been exhausting and it kind of messed with a lot of things that i had scheduled but i think for the most part i we kept things going except for the podcast podcast got delayed a couple days so i wanted to get one up just for you guys that are podcast only listeners we want to keep supporting you guys because you guys are definitely a huge part of our, our our community and everything so Especially like our our tru- trucker otaku, you out there, shout out, <laughs> keep safe on the roads. We have quite a few trucker podcast listeners, so I mean, what do you do when you're driving for hours a day than to have you know us geeks talking in your ear? So definitely love the support. But anywho, with that all said, we should jump into our news because we have a, a few exciting things to actually talk about this week that I'm kind of one that we found out just a few minutes ago. Which one? Miku. Oh, yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, Miku. Miku Project Diva Mega Mix apparently went to PC, and I had zero clue that that was happening. <laughs> it's so great when we try to act like we're, like, big fans of something, and then something comes up, and it's like, wait, when was this announced? <laughs> apparently it was announced because they just released it. But why Mega Mix? Why Mega Mix of all the versions? Why Mega Mix? They're, pl- they're probably planning on double dipping and getting, yes. putting Future Tone on there in a few minutes. <laughs> They always do that. I mean, that I mean that's technically like technically PS uh, PS4 has Future Tone and it has Diva X. It's like yeah, I guess. And then I, well, at least with the PS3, it was like different versions. It was like Diva F and then Diva F Second. It was like iterations. This is like completely different versions thrown on the the Switch Mega Mix. For those I don't know, is the Switch version of Hatsumiku, which is fine. But they only have like 170 songs. Future Tone, which was on PS4, which I would have loved to have gone over the PC, 
that one has like what almost 300 songs on it and plus the art style is different with mega mix they go for like a cell shaded look to make it work on the switch whereas the future tone is the arcade version which is like super you know detailed shaders and all that kind of stuff on the characters i mean two different art styles um so you might like one or the other but I don't know. It's like I might just do that just because I hate dealing with splitting the HDMI and going through a capture card and everything. Being able to just fire up Hatsumiku would be really convenient, so I might. More might. than likely, more than likely, they got money out of me. Wait, they're, wait, they're just just finding out they pro they they it was already a done deal. They they probably got the money from me. There's a side of me that just loves supporting Hatsumiku in general. Yeah, so that's why I buy like I I bought the the 3ds version i barely played it <laughs> just because i want to support it got the switch version i played the switch version quite a bit it's really nice when you're on the go but i don't go on the go a lot anymore um i don't travel as much as i used to with my old job so yeah i don't know well i'll probably yeah probably get it we'll just try it out maybe tonight um we do have a stream so depending on when this is posted thursdays we have Hatsumiku streams so might just play it then just to dink around in it and see how it plays because i mean sure i'm sure it'll play really nicely so and since i don't have to worry about my old capture card i'll be able to capture 60 frames per second so you guys can see us the 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 the, the what do you call it? twitch reactions that we have to have twitch.tv slash otaku spirited by the way ed at the end might be nice to just start over from the beginning again <laughs> we never finished the other one because it was like 280 songs Oh, and we always get caught up on the other song. I think there might actually be some in there that um, weren't we, we, in the we other should. one, so that might be a good thing, too. It might be fun to just challenge ourselves to clear everything. Literally clear everything. Mm. That's what I was trying to do on the uh, last week, was clear yeah. all the... We've been trying that for a long time. <laughs> I think that's only something we successfully did with, like, Project Diva F. But Because um... the, 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 the normals and easiers are just so painful anymore. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I mean, they're sometimes cases harder because you're overthinking about yeah. it and stuff. So, and sometimes the notes move fl- slower. But yeah, we'll, we'll check that out. Um, I think it's like forty bucks for the base package, and then like fifty nine bucks for the full three nine point three nine. Andrew, yes, thirty nine thirty nine. That is the that is the Miku thing. Anyways, yes, that news. <laughs> Our next bit of news: we finally got a trailer. For Urusai Yatsura. So, yeah, Urusai Yatsura is... It's happening. And now we have proof because they actually animated something. Now, it could be just vapor. Like, they just completed this this trailer just to make us think that it's animated. But uh, apparently it is happening. So, check out that trailer. It It's some, ma- some major nostalgia coming out of that thing. And I'm super excited for this to come back. Um, of course, this is... Um, the the kind of interesting things that came from this trailer is that Hiroshi Kamiya is going to be playing Ataru Moroboshi, which is the main character. That's exciting because I think, uh, for those who don't know, that is the voice of Araragi. And yeah, when I'm when I'm listening to the trailer, I'm like, yeah, the, that's Araragi, and he it it's going to be perfect for him to play that role. But uh, yes, also Lum is going to be played as uh, Sumare Uesaka, so that's that's exciting as well. So. Got some really talented people kind of um, playing as the main roles. So they also announced. Sorry, I was just gonna say I was actually thinking of um, the voice, the voice actor of um, the main guy in uh, 
Not Kirito. No Kirito. No. no. I, <laughs> oh, Ranta. Yes. <laughs> no, not Ranta. Um, the other guy, the one that did the scene. Yes, the scene. Gotcha. I thought I, I was thinking his his uh, his voice would work well with him. So, but Aradagi will be interesting to see. I I'm, I yeah, I love the the art style. I mean it 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 gives off the old style plus it's it's merged with more of the newer style. So I I really love it the the how that all plays out because that's that's what I've been complaining about uh, for a while. I want to see the older style anime kind of mixed with the newer stuff. That was an exciting thing that we got with Ushio and Tor, and I, this is the thing that brought to my mind when I watched this trailer was Ushio. that that was the the voice you're talking about. Yeah, you, the, the thing that I got from Ushio and Tor was bringing that old style to a modern day, but just giving it that polish to not look old. <laughs> That's definitely what they're kind of doing with this with this particular series. So I'm I'm excited for it. I'm not like a, a, a huge fan of certain aspects from older styles, but for the most part, they really did pull this off, and so again, that kind of amplifies that uh, desire to watch this ASAP. Uh, also, they announced that uh, Maya Uchida will be playing Chinobu uh, Miyaki, so that's great. Um, thankfully, here recently we found out, even though that she was diagnosed, uh, she has recovered, so she'll be able to play that role. So, uh, and Mamoru, uh, Mamoru Miyana will be playing Shutaro Mindo. So, like I said, really great cast to to support this. Uh, they have, of course. Uh, revealed in the trailer and also in a new key art they released is that the anime will be coming in October. So I think we were kind of speculating that was the case. So we at least we got a confirmation so fall. And yes, for any that have forgotten already, this is supposed to be running for an entire year. So <laughs> October to October, we'll be getting nothing but crazy shenanigans of this series. So that's that's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, definitely excited for it. And for those that are not aware, for those new fans, which there's plenty out there, uh, this, is, of course, is an adaptation of the manga series by Rumiko Takahashi. Uh, of course, a manga that was way back in the 70s, late 70s when it started, and it was adapted as an anime in the 80s, but now again, we're going to be getting a new adaptation. So, great stuff. Really cool stuff. Uh, again, for those that are not aware... Uh, revisit. Uh, this is a series about a boy who meets a beautiful alien, space alien, and the concept here is that he is kind of told that he has to play tag with this alien princess, and if she doesn't do it, there the aliens are going to invade Earth and all that kind of stuff. So he has ten days to touch Loom's horns, uh, or aliens will take over the Earth. As it turns out, the game of tag is only the beginning. Uh, of Ataro's stu- uh, troubles as he continues to attract strange encounters with otherworldly beings. So, a lot of fun. Definitely look forward to that. So, cool deal, cool deal, cool deal. Moving on, we have Crunchyroll has announced that they have plans to release Suzume no Toji Mari, or the loose translation is Suzume's Door Locking. This is, of course, the next film in uh, Mikoto Shinkai's uh, work. So, all those fans of his works. This is the next one's going to come over here. The idea behind this is they're going to be working with Sony Pictures Entertainment and Wild Bunch International uh, to get it in theaters pretty much everywhere. So they're working on a worldwide release of the film. Of course, Koto Shinkai kind of, you know, created a big stir with one, uh, or your name, one name, your name. So obviously they're probably taking this into account in getting as much coverage of the world as possible so they can get that same that same success that your name had 
But um, yeah. Two things that are guaranteed with this. It'll probably look freaking gorgeous. And it's probably going to be very, very bittersweet. Yeah, Comics Wave is really good at making some extremely beautiful stuff. So that is that is no doubt. Uh, but they're aimed at early 2023. So still a little ways away. <laughs> and probably touch on something kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. It says um, the, the story is on the other side of the door was time in its entirety. 17-year-old uh, Suzume's journey begins in a quiet town of Kyushu when she encounters a young man who tells her, I'm looking for a door. What Suzume finds is a single weathered door standing upright in the midst of ruins as though it was shielded from whatever catastrophe struck. Seemingly mesmerized by its power, Suzume reaches for the knob. Doors begin to open one after another across Japan, unleashing a destruction upon any who enter. Suzume's must close these portals to prevent further disaster. The stars, the sunset, the morning sky. Within that realm, it was though it was as though time had melded together in the sky. Drawn in by a mysterious door, Suzume's journey is about to begin. That was the most obscure, and I guess I got an idea of what it's talking about. <laughs> artsy fartsy synopsis thanks you thank you comics wave films for that description but um yeah i'm sure it'll be fantastic and yeah like chris said it's probably gonna look gorgeous so i haven't actually looked into any any of the trailers or anything on this so I'll, I'll be going into it pretty darn blind so yeah it's it's it hasn't released yet in japan which is kind of surprising so they kind of announced this 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 grabbing really early. It's supposed to be in Japan on November 11th. So if you're in Japan, you could probably check it out early. Also, uh, uh, he, they will be painting a novel for the series as well, or the movie as well, which is um, going to be shipping in August. So double dip in there. Cool. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Hopefully eventually it'll, I don't know. Crunchyroll could pull off actually getting it to more theaters than normal, but we'll, we'll see if not, hopefully they'll stream it. Hopefully. Uh, Chris, I got some exciting news for you. We're getting a, a, a new uh, Tan Girl, Best Girl Made show, and I'm sure you'll be excited for it. Square Enix has announced that the hire I, the, the maid I hired recently is mysterious, or as I like to call it, um, recently my maid is, uh, is, uh, is un, uh, what was it? Uh, recently unusual? my name is unusual. You, yeah. I think you said that. Recently my maid I'm, is I'm, unusual. I'm kind of uh, concerned about that. Is there... Is there <laughs> Um, restroom needs in this no. PV? No, it's just the title. Sounds very much so like recently my maid is unusual. See, I automatically think of um, um, uh, drool uh, things with the mysterious button. Does it? <laughs> does, does the style remind you of anything? I don't know if I already Obviously, pretty much it, spoiled it's, this. Um, not, not Takagi, but the other one. Um, the, the not to talk about the other one. You're talking about like uh, the Nagatoro. Nagatoro, yeah. No, no. Yeah, that's the that's the vibes I'm getting from that's her. Fine. So that, that's fine. You asked my, my, my what I'm reminded of. But no, the the art style and everything. It's and obviously Tan Girl. <laughs> but no, um, it pretty much has the same. This is from the mangaka of Jahi Sama will not be defeated. We also have pretty much the same team is going to be animating it. So. Pretty much like Jahisama, but now made. And I, I don't know what it's going for here. If it's going to go for a concept of her being, you know, some secret spy or something like that. But I'm 
gathering from the PV that it's more pushing towards an idea of of him just being attracted to her, and that's why she seems mysterious or something. Like, oh boy, Boku, Boku, she's something's different about her. Boku, Boku, Doki, Doki. I don't know, but we'll see. But she looks definitely very, very good. <laughs> just very good. <laughs> I mean, I could see the the Jahi Sama, but yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm, I'm curious if it'll be a teasing girl kind of thing, similar to like, um, you know, Bokchan, um, the Duke of Death, or something like that. So it, it'll be interesting. It looks it looks really good though. I I definitely, if anything, I can give this mangaka and the and the character designers for the anime. They really do pull off the eyes. Just the eyes just glow, and they have a certain sharpness to them that I really do like. So kill kill the animators with those details in the eyes. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, eyes are, are massive for me, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it says the original manga um, created by the creator of Jahi. I hired a maid who has something about her I just can't put my finger on. She sure looks great and a fabulous cook, but something about her is not quite right. What have I gotten myself in? Or maybe she's an alien. She could be an alien. Or demon. I'm going with demon. Yeah, could be. We'll see, though. Looks great, though. Tenshi. 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 Chris, I have some exciting news for you. Adult Swim has announced they have greenlit two new anime series. The first one, Rick and Morty the Anime. I know you're a big Rick and Morty fan, um, so you can probably tell me more about this. I'm kind of out of the mix, but joking. Uh, Takashi Sano of Tower of God will be directing it. It's going to be running for 10 episodes, and Telecon Animation Film is the studio. And this will be an original work that will be adapting themes and events from the main series. So, again, if you're a huge Rick and Morty fan, I have completely missed that boat. Um, Something I've never really gotten into. Like most anything else Western anime, or animation-wise, after, I don't know, the 90s. (laughs) But I do know that there's a lot of fans out there, so I'm definitely excited for people to check that out. I might dabble in it just to kind of check it out. That's that's generally my my uh, direction is I'm I I know that it's very very well loved, and so I will now that it's an anime, I'll probably poke in to see if it's worth my time. Otherwise, I'm it's going to be pretty skipped on my side if unless it, it catches my attention. Yeah, my experience with it so far has just basically been. I turned it on once, and the doctor guy kept burping, and then I turned it off. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is getting really annoying. So I just turned it off. But yeah, I, obviously it's good because there's a lot of people that are fans of it, even older folks. So The other show that they talked about was uh, Ninja Kamui, which I think we'd heard about this one before, but uh, like I said, it's, it's greenlit. Uh, Sungo Park of Jujutsu Kaisen will be directing it. ENH Production and Solo Entertainment will be producing it. This one's about a ninja who basically quits being a ninja, and they come and kill his family, and so he's on a revenge to go and take them out. So check that out if that's interesting to you. has a some pretty cool art for the key art, so I'm sure it'll be pretty awesome. Both will be premiering on Adult Swim and HBO Max, so that was an interesting, interesting take there. So Cool stuff. If you want to watch them, I'm, I'm guessing we're probably going to have to stream them on HBO. I don't know that Crunchyroll or anybody will get them. I know that Crunchyroll has worked with Adult Swim in the past with things like Fina Pirate Princess and stuff. So hopefully there'll be a bit of a spread of availability there than than normal. So 
We'll see. Moving on, the official website and Twitter open for the TV anime adaptation of Malevolent Spirits Monogatari Manga. This is a series that we talked about a little bit on our podcast about pretty much Sugumagamis and this guy that really hates them and that he has to now live with somebody that it treats them like family. So cool to see that we got some more some more stuff released for it. Uh, additionally, along with the original. Uh, announcement for the adaptation. We also got the studio BN, BN Pictures. We'll be animating it, as well as, like I said, a PV for, you know, getting to see what it's kind of look like. I it, it looks all right. It looks like it, a lot of it's getting very artsy with its, with its style, but I think that'll probably play in very well with the concept of what it's going for. So, yeah. Good to, good to, good to see that that's, that's continuing on, but excited for that one. I don't Looks know if good. you were excited for it or not. I I I I am struggling to remember what uh we talked about with it, but uh I like this the idea the concept of the Sugamogami, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's one of those ones where we've we've got quite a few shows for the it you, it seemed like we got like a plethora of them at some point and then they kind of went away. But it, it's kind of in the same vein as like Yokai and stuff like that. Spirits that kind of consume objects and again we've we've had like that one that was about how they were using it to basically help people like they would give people sugumogamis and and as objects and they would take them home and then they would investigate and then they would come back and tell them what's going on in the home and they would be able to help the people um stuff like that and yeah sugumomo technically (laughs) is one (laughs) but more in the edgy vein but uh, like i said this one's kind of going more for Something happened in his past, and he claims that they robbed him of something. Like, Sumogami robbed him of something in his past, so now he doesn't really like him. And, again, uh, his I think his grandfather or somebody wanting to kind of help him not going on the path of darkness kind of hooks him up with this person that, again, lives with them and really does like them. So, we'll see how that one turns out. But that uh, it's exciting. It's exciting, exciting, exciting. Moving on, we have Crunchyroll has announced that they have licensed Chainsaw Man for simulcast for later this year. Uh, this has been announced through an email that was sent to me, uh, kind of announcing that they will be working on getting it across 200 countries and territories across the world. Uh, they're going to be doing a sub and a dub of the series, so that's exciting for, for pretty much everybody that's been super fanatic about this getting an adaptation. Of course, it's being done by Studio Mappa, so it looks... The trailer that they released, like, what, two years ago looked really incredible. So definitely, definitely exciting news for Chainsaw fans. I I kind of had a desire to check out the manga because of how much hype was kind of being built around it. So, And any video I release on it seems to be doing well. So it seems like there's a lot of uh, excitement around Chainsaw Man. So, Yeah, curious about the grenade head lady. So... There's a grenade head lady? Yes. I did not know that there was a (laughs) grenade head lady, so... I don't know I've been I've been pretty like besides the, the one PV, that's got the thing on her neck that she the pin. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, interesting. Does her head explode? I'm I guess I don't know. I know I, I get like serious vibes of like uh, what was that um, No Guns Life? It's like what is Japan's fascination with <laughs> with lethal weapons being heads? <laughs> like what is that thing? As is like their obsession with motorcycles. It's like. Chris was play is playing uh, Final Fantasy 13 on stream lately, and it's like, yeah, I remember how it was like out of nowhere. Suddenly, we're using a motorcycle that's Shiva put in one, and he's running over people, and it's like, 
you're so weird, Japan. I don't know. I don't <laughs> Why know. They got to anthropomorphize everything. Right. I mean, I don't mind, but at the same time, I mean, why? <laughs> it just looks cheesy sometimes. It yeah. just, sometimes. If it doesn't land, it just looks so cheesy, but we'll see. Uh, the synopsis, for those that are not aware, Denji is a teenage boy living with a chainsaw devil named Pochita. Due to his debu- uh, due to his debt his father left behind, he has been living a rock-bottom life while repaying his debt uh, by harvesting devil corpses with Pochita. One day, Denji is betrayed and killed. Spoiler. As his consciousness fades, he, ta- he makes a contract with Pochita and gets revived as Chainsaw Man, a man with a devil's heart. So, there you go. We'll be harvesting more devil corpses as the chainsaw man so yeah i know a lot of people are like super excited for the i don't know if she's the grenade head girl but like there's some jaws teeth girl that like everybody's super hyped about i think back when we were talking about uh modding and and my dress up darling everybody was like yeah you just wait until chainsaw man comes out everybody claimed that she's gonna be girl of the year just wait until chainsaw man so i'm 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 gonna curb my expectations because i'm sure i'm probably getting it overhyped but we'll see if that turns out to be true but like i said the pv looks insane but again mappa loves releasing insane trailers and they've been doing insane stuff lately so uh, i'm sure it'll turn out to be fantastic just based on the animation alone if anything so yeah we'll see we'll see that's her no that's not the girl I'm thinking of. there you go the one i'm thinking of is she i think she has red hair but yeah We'll see. Yeah, that's weird. It reminds me, actually reminds me of the nice Sidonia guy. But, yeah. Anyhow, the official website for Fire Force Anime has announced that they that the manga will be getting a third season. So, I know this has been, this was like teased and leaked and talked about for quite a while. And then suddenly we got a actual confirmation on it. So, but yeah, pretty cool. Excited for that. I, I'll, I'll probably get, before that comes out, I'll probably get caught up on the series. I think I was like halfway through the second season, so it's not much for me to get caught up on it. I, I don't know why. I, I think I think I wasn't liking the current arc they were getting into, and I got kind of bored, and so I dropped away from it and never got back to it. And it kind of was one of those ones where it falls in a mid-season where we're working with reviews and first impressions of the next season, and sometimes those multi-cores get kind of lost. So I'll, I'll probably get back on that one. But it's exciting because I think this is kind of a good sign that the series will get a full adaptation because the manga technically is already done from what I understand. So, um, yeah, the 34th final volume uh, was released, I think, two weeks ago. So, yeah, that's cool. Are you, are you going to get back on it? How far were you into it? Or did you finish uh, the second season? No, I got uh, mostly halfway through, maybe a little bit farther. Uh, they were in in a different area, and they were investigating a temple. Let's just say, yeah. That that I got past that part because I think after that they had the whole the whole part where the I forget the names, but the the main guy from the Asian looking area and the Joker guy, uh, Kendra Suda, were going down inside the church. Yeah, and I I got that, I, I did that I too. Off, so. I, I guess I just. Thought the other because I know that they just returned back from the temple. Yeah, they just got back home and they were giving their report and they started talking about the whole pie thing, (laughs) the pie number thing, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was getting to something very interesting that I kind of had my assumptions on what it would end up being, like what is powering everything. 
Um, and that stuff was getting very interesting. So, and again, Kendra Suda. I don't know why. I don't know how I managed to drop a show that has Kendra Suda, but I did, and I need to get back on it. I do too. So, I didn't. I wasn't hating it. it yeah. Yep, 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 yep. They also announced that it's going to get a video game, which I think ended up turning out to be a mobile game. So big whoop there. <laughs> I I think it, I, I was kind of hoping it would be something similar to you know like the uh, I don't know the Naruto's and stuff that they the Demon Slayers those battle or or versus type games, but again it ended up being a mobile game. So wolf, which I guess I should have gotten by the fact that I think a lot of the early statements were saying that it was going to be a free to play game. So. That that usually ends up being <laughs> mobile game, but they did say that Miss uh, Miss Green Apple will be doing the uh, song for the game, so that's that's cool. But um, yeah, super super excited for that. Again, I'll I'll hopefully get caught up. They didn't announce a date for it or anything, so I'm going to predict um, winter or spring of next year. I think I think that's where my prediction is going to lay. Probably spring. Because springs usually work crazy, stuff starts happening. So we'll see, we'll see. Moving on, the official website for Rent a Girlfriend. Are you excited, Chris? More news about Rent a Girlfriend? Yeah, they have released a premiere date of July first. So right around the corner, where we're going to be getting back into the fun of that train wreck, and then everybody can be reminded. Apparently, they forgot that. Um, the main character likes to self-cook himself. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still can't get over the fact that everybody was surprised by that in the manga here recently. It's like it, it was like that in the anime. So I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, that train wreck. Well, I'm, I'm just, there's just a side of me that's hoping. And I think that's the reason why I want to, I want to watch it. Well, I mean, I'm going to watch it because the, the girls are cute. I mean, they are good characters. I just hate the main character, like, with a burning passion. I think the main character is absolute garbage. That's pretty much where I fall. And it, I, I just, I try to ignore whenever he's on the screen, which is pretty much 99% of the show. <laughs> but um, generally, I, I, I just really like the girls. And so yeah. they're they're cute. And we need, we need more of the shy girl, which was, like, the best girl. And she, like, shows up at, like, the last episode of the first season. So... Um, Subaru is in but this one, a, right? There's a o- side Ozora. of me. Subaru? Yeah. She's she's like yeah, one of my favorite Doki characters. Doki Doki Girl. Yeah. I, I really like the Doki Doki Girl, too. Um, I, I think the only character I was like very met on was the main poster girl. And I actually believe, and this is like a very rare thing for me. Honestly, for all the girls of this show, I just like, my mentality is, I don't have the mentality of I want this girl to win. And I want the main character to choose this girl. I want all the girls to just leave the main guy. Like, it, mm-hmm. that's literally my mindset. But if I had to choose one to win, question mark, for the main character, it would be the poster girl. Because she's the enabler. She's the one that's enabling his patheticness. And so it's like, it's the rare case where I'm like, I don't mind if the main poster girl wins. Like, the the girl from his school that is his first date that he paid for. Um I I kind of hope that they will redeem um, What's-Her-Face, the girl that's played by Aoyuki. Because she's voiced by Aoyuki, I kind of hope that they will redeem her. I don't think they'll ever will, though. Cause she's just super nasty. And that hurts so? because it's Aoyuki. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I... I but I, when it comes down to it, I mean, we we did kind of disagree on her. I I don't think she's that bad. Um, I I think that really a lot of it is she. She's an enabler in a way as well. Um, yeah. 
and that as for for a weird, in a weird way they kind of deserve each other. I mean, he's <laughs> he's he's just such garbage, and she's as long as Doki Doki Girl and Shy Girl just get out of the picture, we're happy much. for them to find somebody <laughs> better. But main, uh, yeah, abusive girl and poster girl, they're fine. I like that I'm using these weird names. For I, I mean, I, 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 I kind of like her um, in this weird way. But when it comes down to it, yeah, they deserve each other. Really do. <laughs> they're both garbage in a way. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. That it will be a the usual train wreck. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. So, yeah. Moving on to other things that have gotten TV animes, we got our, our next one, which is an, uh, what, what, wait, what, an episode, of, a website was open for, uh, uh, the manga Yuri is my job and a uh, manga getting an anime adaptation. Let me restate that. Sold. Okay. A, Let, this, a, this is top of the chart, best of the year, all over it. Let me retry this. So a website was open to announce that the manga Yuri is my job. We'll be getting a TV anime adaptation. That was a much better statement of what is going on here. So, sorry about that. But yes, they released a trailer for it. They released a key art for it. I, the thing that I got a kick out of was that they released two different key arts. So, you have the first key art looks shows the two girls. You know, one looks very, uh, very prince looking down to the princess girl. And they're like, and she's kind of barely got her hands touching her cheeks. And the second one looks, she's all ticked off and the other girl's scared. It's like the prince suddenly becomes angry, and then the princess is like, holy crap, what have I got myself into? And so my immediate thought was like, oh gosh, this is going to be one of those, like, there's the top, there's the bottom, and it's going to be abusive and stuff. And then I read the synopsis, and I'm like, actually, this sounds really cool. (laughs) So the synopsis is the story which centers around Hime, a high school girl who deeply cares about her image as a sweet, helpful princess but on the inside only cares about herself. Uh, against her will, Hime gets manipulated into working as a waitress at a place that's part cafe, part theater, where all the waitresses pretend to be students at a fictional German all-girls boarding school. Hime finds herself falling for another waitress at the cafe, who in front of customers gives Hime love and devotion like she's never known. So, again, the first key art. <laughs> There's just one problem. Behind the scenes, Hime's crush hates her guts. <laughs> so I think it's going to be one of those things where, like, the, the quote-unquote prince girl, the, the girl that's doting on her in front of everybody, like, probably hates her very princess, um, you know, sweet nature and thinks that she's just probably a liar. I don't know. It, it sounds it sounds funny. So we'll see. I, I'm very, very... Hit, 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 uh, no, no, I'm, I got that backwards. I'm very miss, 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 miss hit with when it comes to Yuri anime. So, like, Bloom Into You was like a very rare case where I'm like, I really like this Yuri story. Typically, I don't like Yuri shows because it's always, yeah, one person's forcing themselves on somebody else until they agree to it kind of thing. So, um, your thoughts? Andrew hates, uh, top bottom more than me. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels so samey feels very samey and it does it does kind of it's not like it uh, relies on a lot but they do play a lot in bricks characters with that kind of concept so that's true i don't know i just don't like the i want to see it forcing i want to see it accepts. before yeah we'll see we'll see but it looks decent though the visuals and everything looks looks good so we'll we'll see how that turns out i'm, I'm pretty excited for it some of the some of the uh character designs are kind of 
shrug, but it looks decent. So we'll see. We'll see. Holy crap. Her character design does not match the key art at all. I thought that was a different character. I literally thought that was a different character. Look at this, Chris. So, like, right uh, right here. That's supposed to be her. Like, right. Like, in the anime version of it with the trailers, it looks a lot more, I don't know, saturated and, and flat. How weird. Usually the key arts are pretty close. That is nothing alike. I don't know maybe the maybe the the light novel artist drew the key art. How weird! How bizarrely different. She's a total masochist. She's a bottom, but through and through, bottom and top discussion aside, <laughs> uh, Yui Ogura uh, and Sume Uesaka will be reprising their roles for it. Apparently, they, they did a manga promo for it a while back. Maybe that was what that trailer was. I don't know. How weird. How bizarre. Anyways, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Be looking forward to that. Moving on. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, speaking of uh, the Duke of Death and his May that we talked about early, earlier, we have uh, the second season of the series has pretty much got a date set for it. <laughs> Not really. Uh, but they have announced on Twitter that the series will be returning in 2023. So... Still got a ways to go. Um, let's go back to Andrew's prediction time. I'm going to say... I don't know. I haven't looked at JC Staff and what they've currently got in the works. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out... What was the, ori- the original first season? Was that a... That was a winter show, wasn't it? Seems like it. I'm going to say winter. I'm going to go winter again. I think that's going to be a winter show. Again, this is technically JC Staff's uh, CGI crew, so it's not really technically... It's hard to really base their their workload on that, but they technically do use probably similar staffers outside of the animators, so we'll see. I'm, I, if you have not watched Dick of Death and Is Made, definitely a great show. Please go check it out, but uh, I'm super excited for that because they were definitely getting into some crazy stuff. Not really crazy stuff, but some pretty deep stuff with the backstory of the characters and how they were linked and so I'm really curious to see how that ends up turning out and if we can get a conclusion on it because, as I've stated before, technically with uh, the other work that they did with that CGI team, they fully adapted it. And that was High School Girl. So they might do the same with this series. So I would love that because I want to see them <laughs> finally be able to touch. <laughs> At least touch. <laughs> I want to see them touch. They so love each other. They deserve each other. So, yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Moving on. Mob Psycho 100. Yes. <laughs> if you have not heard this news bit, let me inform you. Uh, yeah, they pretty much broke the internet here a couple weeks ago in releasing a trailer, which pretty much just has a bunch of clips from the first seasons. But they did, in that trailer, announce that the series was going to be returning, uh, which is definitely exciting for a lot of people. October. Yes. Right around the corner. So fall, Mob Psycho 100 Season 3 will be returning in October. So really cool. I, I've, I've, I've stated quite a bit that I didn't like the first season at all. I, I really didn't. I didn't get the hype. Everybody was super excited about it, and I did not get it. It was just wasn't for me. But the second season really did sell me on the series. So I am kind of excited for the return of the series. So how are you on Mob Psycho? Did you ever... No, I never finished the first season. You didn't. 
I don't know. If I, I seem to remember that I was trying to push you a little I, bit because were, I was enjoying and, the second season. And I, I almost did, um, but it was it it was one of those that just time got away with it. And I've I've always been kind of yeah about um one what's what's his name one or pan something like that is the guy the guy who wrote, wrote his stuff oh yeah um i'm one i'm i'm very very iffy on his stuff i mean i generally started to like um uh one punch man but that was more because of the background characters i didn't much care for um uh, the main the main character. It's the same with this show. Like Mob, I don't really care much about. <laughs> like that, that that I agree with you there, and I think that I think we were on the same page when it came the first season, honestly. And I, I think that was why I was pushing you when I got into the second season. And I was enjoying it. It was like, oh wow, Chris, I I actually like this show now. <laughs> and yeah, a lot to, a lot of it has to do with like again the side characters who technically really did kind of change my perspective on it, like. I forget what his name is, but the guy that is technically his parental figure, the the scam artist, like getting into him and just suddenly realizing I really like his character. Again, it never is me going, holy crap, Mob has seen so much development. I mean, he technically had a really solid point in the second season that I was like, holy crap, I really like what Mob they're doing with Mob right now. But overall, he's just it's just Mob. He's just there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like um, people people uh, when when we first talked about it, it was like we we got into how much we didn't much care for it, and everybody was like, "Well, you're missing the no 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 no." We get the jokes. We, I I when it came to One Punch Man, it was like we get the jokes. We do more than more than most. We get the jokes. Um, when it comes to uh, Mob Psycho, it's he. he I understand what it's trying to do, but when it comes down to it, while I do think that it it it's some of it, the the um, the characters are really well, I I think that um, the the writer's main strength is his character building outside of his main character. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a very solid ability to write. Um, the character itself, because he tries too hard to make them really, really deadpan, or for a lack it, it of makes a better you term. wonder if they if he purposely makes their main character very flat and very yeah. like the same as they were the first episode, just to make the side characters uh, more dynamic looking. I guess, yeah, like you can see the contrast between them. It, I don't know exactly, if that's purposely done. It, it, and it, that's that's one of the funny things about it is for for a character that he seems to. He seems to really want um, uh, the main character of One Punch Man or um, the main character of Mob Psycho. I think Mob Psycho is Mob, right? Yeah, I can't Mob, remember and, the- Mob and Saitama. Saitama, that's him. Um, he really wants them to uh, be great characters So he, because you know that he loves those characters a lot. But he doesn't... Um, doesn't set them up well and so they don't and it gets so sidetracked in in writing everything else around them that it takes too long for you to get to the point where you go oh i see now i see what you're trying to do here so hey that's my opinion uh don't kill me for it (laughs) then let me be perfectly clear i do see that there is development in mob he's going from being very timid very you know, un- unable to speak to other people. He's got a lot of social issues. I do acknowledge that he is getting stronger. He's getting more, I guess, 
brave about how he interacts with people, and that is definitely a point of the series. So don't get me wrong, it's just the developments aren't as much as you would see in the side characters, and and that's kind of where I would kind of put it. So, And I've, I think the other problem that I always had is I've never liked one's artwork. <laughs> I've never yeah. liked his artwork. And I, I think it's really great that there a lot of the animators and stuff with the with his with his particular works, maybe minus One Punch Man season two, um, really do manage to bring him to life and put a lot of really great animation in there. And that's I think have been a lot of the draw for a lot of people for the series. And I, I fully acknowledge that too. Like I I pointed out several times back when season two aired that there was one particular fight that was all one it wasn't one cut, but it was all one battle. And it flowed so well into itself, and the choreography and the fight itself was so beautifully executed. So, I it it, is, it does have me excited for for season three. Uh, that sure. that more than anything, I will acknowledge his his artwork really uh, lends itself well to um, animation. Yeah, yeah. There I go. So now that we've lost half of our listeners, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Some pretty cool news around Polygon Pictures, if you're a fan of them like I am. But uh, apparently uh, Netflix had re- uh, revealed that Polygon Pictures will be animating one of the upcoming segments of the third volume of Love, Death, and Robots animated series. So for those that aren't aware, uh, Love, Death, and Robots is a kind of a series of short stories in a series form on Netflix. And I dabbled a little bit in it. I think our other brother kind of turned me on to it. He's like, yeah, there's these cool episodes. It's one of those ones where you kind of just say, hey, check out this episode, this episode, this episode. They're the good ones. The rest of them you don't have to worry about. Um, but they're like, they're their own segmented stories. And like I said, it's pretty cool to learn that Polygon Pictures is going to be doing a segment of it. Probably um, the most interesting synopsis given for it, that's for sure. The synopsis is when an exploratory expedition on the surface of the moon uh, ends in disaster, an astronaut must trek to safety dragging the body of her co-pilot while using potentially mind-warping drugs to deal with the pain of her own injuries in this trippy tribute to comic book legend Mobius. So, sounds interesting. So we'll see. But yeah, if you're a fan of Polygon Pictures, like I said, or if you just want to support... Uh, an animated studio doing one of, the, one of the segments for the series. Definitely at least go check out that particular episode. So it is titled um, The Very Pulse of the Machine. So cool stuff. Cool stuff. Moving on. The Angel Next Door. Uh, the Angel Next Door. The Angel Next Door spoils me. Rotten anime is getting an anime at. <laughs> I'm doing terrible with these. These titles of what's going on. The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. Manga is getting an anime adaptation. Is it a light it's a light novel? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, this is terrible. So there's a light novel. It's called The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. It's getting an anime. <laughs> and they released a new teaser visual for it. Uh the this teaser visual announced that the series will be premiering sometime in 2023 and that project number nine will be working on it. So that's definitely cool. She looks cute. This uh, synopsis is Amane lives alone in an apartment and the most beautiful girl in school, Mahiro, lives next door to him. What a shock. They've almost never spoken until the day that he sees her distressed in a rainy day and lends her his umbrella to return the favor she offers to help him around the house, and a relationship slowly begins to blossom as the distance between them closes. So, 
yeah, cute girl, uh, suddenly realizes he's an amazing guy because he lent an umbrella to her and has devoted her entire life to spoiling him with food because obviously that's what girls do. So if you're excited for that one, like I am, aside from my joking, she's the perfect girlfriend. Before that. There yes. you go. And maybe we already have our best wife who of 2023 yep. already laid out. So just just put a pin in it. We've already just we've already figured it out for next year. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on, we have a follow up to our previous news that we talked about that Netflix was looking at possibly introducing ad support, low costing tiers for their subscription service. Well, apparently, according to New York Times, they have reported that Netflix may add ad support. Uh, by October or December of this year, so or between October and December, so it looks like that whole idea. I mean, having obviously uh, the CEO uh, uh, Hastings talking about it, um, it's just this kind of gives a little bit of confirmation to that. And this was apparently leaked through a internal memo um, that was given to New York Times, but. The interesting thing that I found from this, because, again, we've already pretty much talked to death about this whole idea of having ad support. Again, we've, we've talked about how it depends on how many ads you get, how less costing it is. But the interesting thing that came from this memo was additional thing that was kind of added in that memo, which is that uh, they have plans to crack down on password sharing at the same time. <laughs> so all of you out there that are evil password sharers they're gonna crack down on you so yeah what do you think of that chris oh last time i said anything uh about this i got i got a little bit of uh heat for it apparently i'm not allowed to say that netflix doesn't know what their customers want i'm so (laughs) how dare you chris how dare you don't people don't criticize chris he gets all uncomfortable (laughs) about it no, when it comes down to it, I, I I still stand by what I said. I I don't. It's not that I don't think that they, um, are very aware of um the backlash. I just I don't think that they. How do I put this? Because apparently the way I said it was wrong. Um, say things right, Chris. I know, right? He, when it comes down to it. People uh, are have an expectation, and when a customer builds a relationship with a business, um, after a, a certain point, businesses get to a point where they're so large, they they start to lose their ability to um, relate to the customer. Netflix got to that point where they're just too big. And they're starting to just look at things via numbers and they make gambles based on how many number, what will their numbers number loss be compared to their number gain. They're making a bet based on, we have this many people that are sharing uh, passwords. Therefore, this is how much we will gain versus how much they will lose. Yep. And but their mindset is based on the idea of this is what we will gain versus how much we will lose. They're not taking into consideration the psychology of the customer themselves. That psychology is you are, um, you sold me on and no people are not thinking along this line, but this is basically the mindset of the customer. You sold me 
this is what I could do. Therefore, it's better that I just cut off my support of you because I can go on the high seas for all these stupid shows that you're giving me and I can get them that way or you can keep my 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 sub- subscription. So Netflix is not looking at it in the the mindset of the customer. They're looking at it from the perspective of the money ver- or the numbers, this number versus this number. And that's the most simplest I can put it. Um, I'm not trying to say Netflix is right. I'm not saying the customer is right because in both cases, both of them are – it's like bickering uh, bickering siblings. Neither of them are wrong and neither of them are right. Um, There's there's gray areas in all of this crap. I mean Netflix is technically right in the fact that they want to make money. Um, at the same time, the customer is right in the fact that they already are giving them a service this way. Changing that entire dynamic is technically wrong. So it's 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 a it's a catch twenty two for Netflix. It's a catch twenty two for the for the customer. They both want what they want, and neither of them are willing to bend on this because Netflix can't keep losing this way, and the customer technically already is sold they need to find a better way of resolving this issue and cutting them off and saying no you're not going to have it and oh yeah by the way we'll give you you can still subscribe and pay for um and and do ad support at the same time i guess is a compromise but i think it's it's a cut a compromise that to me is how do you put it um it's an unrealistic expectation. I, I guess the better is is a viable way of putting it. It's it's unrealistic to think the customer that's the 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 best solution. It's not. Um, the best solution is to encourage um, them wanting to do um, multiple accounts. Well, that's the struggle that it has is there's yeah it's twofold and the, the the joke that continues to be for those that are not aware Netflix used to actually encourage a password sharing that was their whole shtick was that ha ha all these other services that don't want you to share we are fine with it and now they're really backtracking it and it's it's one of those aspects of they are trying to turn the blame from their own issues which is that they don't have the content there that people want and for anybody that is account sharing, it's because they don't feel that they themselves have enough on that platform to justify an account. The only reason that I think a lot of people do account share is because they just want to pop in to watch one thing. They don't. There's not enough content there for them to have a $20 a month subscription. And they don't understand – again, this is one of those aspects of do, do they not understand or do they just want to deflect attention from their own faults – which is that they are not producing the content on their platform that justifies $20 a month. There's so many other services out there that have plenty of content flooding into that. Crunchyroll has weekly 40-plus episodes of shows launching on their platform. You have uh, Disney+. Plus. Lots of content and movies, Disney movies, that are launching on their platform on a regular basis. And they all don't cost $20 a month, all of them costing a fraction, a quarter sometimes, of the cost of a Netflix account. And if they can't justify you paying four times as much just to get on their platform, people are going to either share 
or they're going to not do it. And this mindset that if you suddenly lock off people from being able to account share, that suddenly that group of people are suddenly going to just sub up, you're going to have a rude awakening. It's not going to happen. Instead, focus on producing good content and focus on that. It's it's one of those things that when you see the cust- when you see the business start start the death spiral, um, it doesn't matter what anybody can say. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, maybe they can they can figure it out and change the direction, but no matter what we say, I mean, no nobody at Netflix is likely listening to us. So it's not like it really we had matters. one person, but he doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things that. It, when we we met, I mentioned this back with um, uh, World of Warcraft, and went or uh, basically Blizzard. Um, once they start that death spiral, no matter what anybody says, they're going to continue that path because they think that they are in the right, and that's that's how the death spiral uh, uh, begins. Is is that I I know what I have to do to fix this problem, and so therefore I'm going to go towards it. Um, uh, darn the consequences, this is going to happen. And that's how the death spiral spin- starts. And then you start, you slowly watch them um, basically self mutilate themselves until eventually they're just a husk of what they were. Um, Netflix is on this path. They're, they're at the very beginning of it, but they're on this path. Yeah. Again, we mentioned the idea that them losing 200,000 subscribers doesn't seem like much with their large base, but. It, you have to keep it in consideration that that is a lot of money. Again, 20 times 200000 is a lot of money, especially for a company that's expecting that. And again, you have shareholders that are probably not too happy about that drop. Yes, their stock price is dropping and everything. Um, well, think of it this way. Um, w- like Andrew had said, when, when, when they, they, they probably showed that to their board. And the board says, well, how are we going to fix this? Well, we could make it to where we take away all of the um, the uh, the password sharing. Okay, do that. They did that. Then the backlash happened. Okay, they, they had to go to the board. Well, how do we fix it? Well, we could try to do this. Okay, let's do that. And then they tried to do that. And like I said, this is all a numbers game. To them, they, they, they don't have the customer on the ground they could probably do polls all day long and people are like yeah i love netflix netflix is great so they believe that they are they are okay but when it comes down to it uh that's not that's not they're not happy customers are not happy Uh, that's that should be reflecting and they're not seeing that instead they're seeing how can we patch the holes this is what i'm talking about with the death spiral they they're trying to fix a problem that they see of money being bled and when money is bleeding panic happens and so they 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 get more and more extreme on how they can fix it that's the death spiral i think it's important to note because obviously the question mark comes is how they're going to handle the account sharing thing keep in mind here recently i think it was in europe they started doing a account sharing subscription tier so if i can guess probably what they're going to do in the west because i think that was probably a test bed i don't know how successful that was to them but that's what we'll probably see over here is they'll probably have like a if you account share, you have to pay an extra four or five bucks per month, and then other people can use your account. I don't again, I don't know how successful that was for them, but yeah, I, I do think that there is a sign that they are either bleeding a lot or they're trying to correct their path in the fact that they recently 
um, just a, about a week ago announced that they have laid off 150 employees. Again, the immediate response to that is, oh my gosh, this is bad. They're losing, they're losing 150 employees. They're, they're starting to cut. They're trimming either, you know, possible in anticipation for them losing money. They want to prevent more loss of money, but they technically, apparently a portion of that is animators. So, what is probably the least successful thing that Netflix has been doing? <laughs> These animated shows that are just nobody likes. And I'm sure there's people that like them. But these animated... This is an anime. This is the this is the more Western-looking animated shows they've been doing. Like, what was that one? Um, I don't remember the names of them. I just, I just know they were garbage. But <laughs> for me, they were garbage. But they are... Apparently, removing a lot of uh, of those departments and and eliminating a lot of that those those particular roles. So that could be a sign of a positive thing. They see that stuff is not successful, and so they're trimming that fat so they can focus on other things. But or you can see it as them again just firing employees because they are losing so much money and they are trying to downsize to you know l- eliminate that impact of losing subscribers. But Again, that's my whole mentality is they just need to create content to justify that cost. And But my opinion is more of they just need to lower their subscription costs so that people would actually want to keep their sub. But um, anyways, that's your Netflix t- TED Talk for the week. <laughs> Our regularly scheduled uh, Netflix TED Talk. Uh, moving on to fun things again. Shueisha has announced that Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible manga is getting a TV anime adaptation. Uh, the studio that will be working on this is Pine Jam. And the synopsis is first-year high school uh, student Junta Shira, Shira Ishi is a mob character who goes unnoticed even when he's standing right next to you. But his classmate, heroine-level beauty Kubo, uh, always notices him and is there and is there to tease him. Anyone can become special to somebody, but it might be a little too early to call these feelings love. Perhaps the story is still two steps behind romantic comedy. Let's call it a sweet comedy where a background character becomes visible. So, I don't know. that that I'm very curious by that synopsis because it almost implies that it's not like, you know, Teasy Master Takagi-san or something like that where the girl's teasing him because she likes him. I wonder if there might be something actually else there. It could just turn into be a teasing girl show, and I'm totally fine with that. But it kind of implies something else, unless they're just trying to imply something just to make it more mysterious. But it just see. seems like a a, a, a rom com to me. I I really like the synopsis. This literally just said it's not a rom com yet. Oh, okay. Don't I'm call sorry. it rom com. It's not a rom com. <laughs> um, it's 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 totally about. and completely it might definitely probably not be a um a teasing master Takagi-san. So, I love it. The rise of the teasing girls genre. I'm liking <laughs> it. I need to make my video on that. I keep talking about making a video on the rise of the teasing girl genre. I like it. I want more of it. Speaking of teasing girl genre, sort of. <laughs> Uh, the official website for Shikimari is not just a cutie has announced more delays for the series. Um, I kind of reported on this on a video a while back. Um, some of it's no longer relevant, but there is still one relevancy, and that's that we've seen, like, what, three or four delays on Sh- uh, Shikimori's episodes. And we're going to see another one, which is going to be the May 28th episode, which is episode 9, 
will be delayed until June 18th. So, oof. Sorry to all the Shikimori is not a, just a cutie fans. I think most of the discussion around Shikimori is not just a cutie completely died after, like, the second episode. So, I'm not sure exactly how many people are still, like, super invested in that series. But, yeah. That, of course, for those that are not aware, this is mainly due to the fact that they had, like... Almost two weeks total that Dogokobo was not working at their facility due to, to a little bit of an outbreak of the pandemic in their in their particular studios. So this is probably them trying to not just completely cut out episodes, but maybe just kind of stagger the delays and so you don't see too much of an impact. So But it does look like they're continuing on all the way until July 9th with the twelfth episode um finale. So it, I guess giving them credit for the fact that they did not end up delaying this completely an entire season. Because that was my my failed prediction. I guess you got me, Dogokobo. You proved me wrong. I'm all for that. But um, yeah, even with like three or four weeks of delays, they somehow managing to, to actually complete this this season. So good on them. But hopefully the staff is safe and they are staying healthy. And any way that was inflicted by it are recovering quickly as always. So there you go. And our last bit of news. Exciting, Chris. <laughs> Neither of us want to talk about this. Uh, but yes, uh, apparently a group of employees at Seven Seas Entertainment have apparently formed a union. So they call it the Union uh, United Workers of Seven Seas. Um, so they have formed this union in response to, even though Seven Seas has seen substantial growth uh, due to the pandemic, um, the, a lot of growth in their production. They are producing a lot more titles. They are seeing a huge boom in sales. But uh, they feel that despite that, they are shouldering the pain. They find themselves overworked, underpaid, and do not currently receive benefits otherwise typical of the publishing industry. So, yeah, they have formed this union in response to that. And they are put their goals forward, which include... Healthcare, paid leave and pensions benefits, paid time off vacation, holiday breaks, increased wages and transparent increased structure, reason, reasonable workloads, no more crunch, secure employment status for all, protections and benefits for freelancers, clear defined jobs and roles and organizational chart, training materials and onboarding, a robust scheduling and admin department, management training for all managers and supervisors, and end to exclusivity and anti-freelance contracts, anti-harassment discrimination policies and processes for submitting grievances. That's technically legally required, but sure. Bonuses and vendor gifts, uh, reimbursements for costs, interdepartment communication, and increased staff for overburdened departments. It's not much. It's not much. So what do you think, Chris? I, I talked about this a bit. I kind of stayed pretty neutral on this so far. I know that there's a lot of people that are jumping in to get their titles out there. Seven C's exposed. Bad work conditions and stuff like that. Which, if it ends up being true, I'm all against all that kind of stuff. I really do think that if somebody... If employees are being treated poorly, um, if they have bad work conditions and there's crunch, yes, all that stuff is, is rough. Again, I've argued before, crunch exists in every single work environment in the entire world, but I've gone through crunch. Um, I don't like it, but sometimes it's required. But that aside, I think the more I look at this, the more I 
I, I don't want to state things outright quite yet, but there's a lot of signs that are really giving me a lot of pause on this, and I don't like the fact that people are jumping on this as being a positive quite yet, just because I don't think the evidence is quite there yet. But, yeah, thoughts. It's frustrating because we've talked about this in, in other things. Um, one of the th- funny things about this is... Um, there's nothing funny about this, Chris. Yes, there is. Um, <laughs> we've we got into a kind of a an off off kilter discussion about um, just recently with the whole Anya thing. Um, Andrew had controversies. Yeah, controversies. It's it's and not saying that. And this is this is just like Andrew had. I'm already getting frustrated in the fact that I, I have to say this because. <laughs> Uh, it it is it's a really you annoying everything exactly you it, can't talk bad about unions it's exactly. always positive I, this is the frustrating thing because by me saying anything automatically I'm on one side or the other and this is exactly why I'm talking about this I am so frustrated in the fact that I feel like I have to preface the entire thing with this just because I say this does not mean it's it's dumb because of the fact that you have to be on one side or the other. We should not be in this narrative state state where literally you have to, just like the Anya thing, if I say, um, when I made the joke at Andrew, oh, Andrew, we have to be mad about this. Well, automatically that means Chris doesn't or is, is for this or Chris is against this. No. I just like Andrew was saying in his video, and I agree with him ninety nine point nine nine percent. I I don't think that there is that. I think that it's just a show where they're talking about um, a girl who's really really th- happy that her dad is so cool. A it a waku, I don't waku waku. I mean that's the whole outrage point. one way or the other. Yeah, it, why do you have to be mad on one side or the other? Why do we have to be mad about the fact that your is um has rule thirty four all all over the place? Or you have to justify rule thirty four. I I don't I don't I there's there's things that should be kind of off limits but at the same time I'm not going to be mad because people do it I and mean, people are going to do stupid stuff I, I I don't I don't get why we have to be on one side or the other why can't there be a point where and that's why we've tried to stay the way we are trying to be neutral about this stuff so the union chris the union thing <laughs> I'm always I've always been very kind of um for lack of a better term, anti-union, because I don't think that they're very helpful to businesses in general. I do like collective bargaining. I think that collective bargaining is important. Union and concept is good. It's exactly. just when it's used improperly, I think is my key thing there. It's It tends to be um, a, a matter of over forcing overstretching I, overstretching they they push too hard on one side or the other and they 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 tend to ruin the very business that they are trying to do and and here's 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 the thing if you are already getting mad at me because i know there's somebody who's mad at me because they think that unions are the perfectest thing ever and and that's fine okay i want you to think about something let's say your union randomly decides that they want to get more. 
and your business, the business that you are trying to support, you have a guaranteed job because of your union to that business. Your guaranteed job, they push that business too far and they say, okay, I'm done. And they walk away. And that, that, that was my point that I really made is I've seen too many times where unions close businesses. Because they ask for too much, they go to a point where the company says, I, we can't support this financially, and they shut down. I've seen it. I've seen huge plants shut down around here. Because the union required this, they couldn't support it. So they're like, it's either we go in debt to, to go into those requirements, or because in, in those cases, those unions were exploiting the employees to pull more out of the company. And it's just not, they couldn't they couldn't stand it. And that was my whole point with this whole situation. And again, I'm coming from a standpoint where we don't have enough information. We have this group of people that were employed by Seven Seas Created Union. This is, mind you, not, this doesn't mean all of the employees support this. This means that I think it's like 30%, um, maybe less in order to form one. Um, but it's one of those things where because a group has said this does not mean this is all happening. We have, I, I looked everywhere online. I couldn't find anything. No statements. No proof. Nothing says how much Seven Seas is making, and we are mad about this. A group said this, and the group was formed. I don't see evidence yet of what's actually happening. That's why I'm keeping neutral on it. And I think, and it, and it bothers me that people aren't the same. They immediately see Union and say, "This is great. I cannot believe this is happening to se- that Seven Seas is doing this to these people." But where's the statements? Where's the the stories? I don't see anything yet. I can't find anything, and so I'm supposed to just take this word for it. Like I said before, I, I have some speculations out there of what created this, and if it's the case, I am going to blow it open. I'm not going to even – this is the whole thing that we are talking about earlier, this idea of trying to keep neutral with a lot of this stuff. But what's going to happen is in probably a month, what's going to happen is either Seven Seas will say, okay, sorry, we're going to do this, and then we'll go with that. Or Seven Seas is going to come back and say, "No, that's not what's happening. We're not. We're not doing any of that stuff." And then they're going to ask for a boycott. And guess what? That's the point in which we can no longer be quiet. And so I, I know it's already got, and I know it's coming down the road. So I might as well start to talk about people to to our listeners and stuff about why the setup is happening right now. Why we're setting this up is because I know in about a month we're going to have to pick a side because again. Nobody wants anybody to not pick a side to the extremes. Not to say that we're going to be extreme on one side or the other. Just the more the idea that we're going to probably give our opinions at that point when more information comes out. A single website, a squarespace.com website, you couldn't even get a domain, <laughs> saying all these terrible things Seven Seas is doing doesn't doesn't prove that. And I'm sorry. I live in a world of proof. I need a proof that something is happening before I'm going to say everybody – Seven Seas is terrible. Now, I, I think in in in, exp- in waiting for that stuff to come out, my my initial thoughts right now is that one, I've had nothing but terrible experience with unions. I think they've they've done nothing but destroy companies. I used to work for a company where these union people were coming in and they were literally talking to people on the side about all these things they want to do. I heard about how they were essentially trying to push the company to pay the union itself a bunch of money, and then people started getting fired by the company because they couldn't support and they want, don't want people talking to them. 
I've seen companies shut down because of unions and their expectations from the company itself. All these things make it very difficult for me to trust. Again, I think the idea of a union is great. I think the idea of injustice being corrected by the collective of the employees is great. And I and then again, if any of this stuff is true, I hope that they find the parts that I think are unjust get corrected. The problem that I see so far right now, my initial impressions on this union is that I think there's a lot of areas where, again, it's positive. But there's a lot of areas because I don't think that crunch should be acceptable. I think if people are, don't want the crunch, they can they can voice their concerns. Um, but there's areas where it overreaches that ha- gives me pause. When you talk about every year they must have a bonus, I don't like that. I don't like the idea of the employees dictating that every year we should get a bonus. That's the overreach. That's the pulling money out of the pocket of the company and and essentially killing the company. The We should be able to give gifts to retailers. That's illegal. Why would you put that on the website? That is technically illegal for you to give companies gifts. There's, there's, I'm, not, I'm not a lawyer, but I've worked with plenty of companies where they say literally, if you do that, you will be fired because that opens a door to legal issues. Do not give gifts to retailers. Do not give it to your the companies you're buying from. Do not give gifts from one company to another. It's just a very bad area to be in. Um, there's some other stuff in there that I don't really want to get into too much, but a lot of it's really just they feel like the company itself is inadequate in its management to support how much they're pushing out. I kind of agree with that. I think those are those are good grievances to have with the company. Again, the anti-harassment and discrimination stuff. Again, that's that's a legal matter. If they're not if they're not protecting people from harassment or discrimination, go to the authorities for that stuff. That doesn't require a union to fix. So again, there's a lot of and there's a lot of emphasis on freelance and that kind of stuff that really gives me a big question mark. There's a lot of stuff for protecting employees from having to translate things that are uncomfortable for them. Just say you don't want to do it and they'll find somebody else to do it. That stuff doesn't – and there's a lot of question marks that are coming up right now. That, that is – okay, here's – here is a big, big preface here. These are the speculations that people have. These are not confirmed true. But because there's a lot of emphasis on things about translations, freelances and stuff, there's a lot of speculation that a good portion – the group that actually created this union is the translators. And there's a lot of focus in these these, these requests, quote-unquote demands, um, about translating. So it makes me believe that the translators might be the ones that form the union. Again, this is speculation. And – there's been a lot of talk about Seven Seas and how they've been censoring things and that the translators might be at fault. And this might be their attempt to try to force the company to either allow them to censor things or to not translate stuff that has inappropriate content in it. And so that's the area where I'm saying when I think about that stuff, it makes sense. Again, it's speculation, and I'm holding my tongue in claiming that that is 100% true and making a video and making my claim, but that stuff gives me a lot of pause. And I hope that gives other people pauses because I think the big concern that I have right now is not so much that I believe the union's bad or I believe 
Seven Seas is bad. It's more of why are people jumping on the bandwagon that this is a good thing just by seeing the title of the, the videos that people are releasing. You guys have zero clue what's happening in there. You have zero clue what the union is. The union is not saying anything that uh, specific cases. And Seven Seas hasn't said anything. So why are we jumping on a bandwagon that this is good or bad? This is this is this could be one way or the other. And I think this idea that because Seven Seas has seen huge growth since the pandemic started is a bad thing to consider. I worked through the pandemic as a procurement manager. <laughs> we didn't see growth in sales. We've seen growth in costs. Because this idea that everybody's at home and they're reading books and they're 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 buying more books and that Seven Seas make more money, that's fantastic. But how much of seven how much does Seven Seas pocket there? How much money they're making? We don't know. Could they be seeing more profits? Sure. Could they see gr- growth? Sure. But how much money are they profiting? Paper alone has seen god-awful amounts of, of cost increases. I w- when I was doing procurement, anything that had paper in it skyrocketed. We're talking 20 to 40% or more in cost increase. I mean, our mother had cabinets put in. They, it was so delayed because they were hoping the cost of wood would come back down. The pandemic brought more than just increased sales of seven seas. It also cost, increased the costs. So to say that because they've seen growth means that they are making more money is, is not true. And now, I don't know if they made deals with companies to have set costs for paper. Most of those deals, when, we were, when I was working pre-procurement, were broken. Those companies broke those, um, those deals because they couldn't support it. Or they did some shady stuff to get you to go somewhere else, um, like delaying sale, uh, uh, orders and stuff like that. So anyways, rant off. That's my whole thoughts on this situation. And I, like I said, I want to wait for more information. And I'm a little disappointed that a lot of people are just jumping on this being true. Now, if you have, I don't know, cited articles explaining in detail with proof of what Seven Seas did, please bring it to my attention. I would love to hear about it. Um, if I'm defending, I'm not really defending seven C's. Let me be perfectly clear. If they're doing this stuff, if they're, if they're treating their employees poorly, if they're forcing people to translate things like forcing, I'm not, I'm not talking about, well, they said that they, they had to translate this and, and, and oh my gosh, they had to translate it like, like forced, like you're going to get fired unless you translate this thing that makes you uncomfortable, which again, I technically think that they should because your job is to translate, um, if you don't, if you if you find stuff uncomfortable, then stop translating for a company that has questionable content in it. Um, that would be like a a film a, a person that does that does um, photography being upset because he started working at a adult place and he had to take pictures of adult stuff. You can't just suddenly say, okay, we had to stop taking pictures of inappropriate stuff because this guy doesn't like taking pictures of inappropriate stuff. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know. We'll see, but for now, woof. In 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 closing thoughts. Uh, in closing, because it, it it seems like you're you're bringing it to a close. So I, I, let me get my last thoughts out. Um, when it comes down to it, unions and the business are in this kind of a bluff situation where they they're both bluffing. Um, the union wants to prove that they have enough backing to force the company to bend to their will. Either either you do this stuff or we will strike until you lose your business. Yeah, they're saying they don't want to boycott yet. yet. Right. And the business is in this situation of they have to 
kind of bluff of how and and I want you to understand what I'm saying here because they they're going to tell look we can't we can't give you any more otherwise we don't make money um and in some cases they're bluffing because they have to make a profit because and and what a lot of people don't realize just like what Andrew was talking about with the the costs and and stuff like that so they 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 will talk about the costs but they've also when when they make profit it's not always that they're making profit they're they're setting future goals mm-hmm. so they have to take into consideration okay i've made this much money profit in sometimes the, is investment yeah investment and, and that's so, how companies grow is they invest what they've made so when you think about okay yeah this company made this much money that not always true um they might they might hire a new person okay so that person has to be hired in at the same cost as all these other people um so not necessarily that they're going to in the future um be making that much money they that it shows on paper that they made this much money, but that's not always true. Plus, you have dividends that have to be paid out if it's a big enough company, which I seriously doubt. Um, Seven Seas doesn't seem like it's in that that category yet, but somebody's making a profit off of that. They put the financial uh, money out there originally to get this started. So doesn't that person deserve some money? I mean, it, it, it's frustrating because, I mean, if you were to start a business, you would expect to make money off of that business. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, they think that uh, the people who start businesses are endless money bags. Usually the person who started the business is the one who gets paid last. Nobody ever considers that. They are the one who... Many times a, a business owner will not pay themselves just so the company can survive because they're hoping that one day down in the future, that business will be a uh, a payoff at some point and they will strive. They're the ones who end up staying overnight and, and people don't realize that. I'm not saying that at some point like Netflix is big enough that those people are doing that. Not necessarily uh, Seven Seas. I'm not real sure exactly where they are in the the realm of how much money that they're making, but take it, it that into consideration. Not always is everything black and white. We're talking about st- sticking up for the people who are are, are um, translating. I'm I applaud you for that, but also don't forget that there's another side to this this story that. Yeah, there's the bluffing in- involved, but at the same time, there's the truth of the matter, which some of these people are are. I'm, I seriously doubt these com- this company has really been that bad. And if they were, like Andrew said, I want them to be get their hands slapped for a lack of a better term. I but will it's say just- it's good to note that according to the words of the union itself. Members of Seven Seas Union have not experienced any issue with harassment or discrimination to date. We strive to keep it that way. So, that's an admission at least there that they're not being harassed or discriminated against. Um, although in that same little snippet they say they want to, uh, they should never be required to work on materials that make them uncomfortable. So, obviously they're not being harassed or discriminated there, so that's not an issue. But, Sorry. 
just want to make that clear that if you are thinking that this whole union thing is about people being treated poorly and, and harassed and discriminated against, even though that's a big tagline that makes you believe that is is an issue, it apparently it's not an issue. There's been no harassment or discrimination to date for at least the union workers. Again, it could be that they seen it and the people that are not a part of the union yet are not speaking up. So I will admit that. But anywho, we'll see how this turns out. But like I said, um, we'll remain neutral. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. I hope it's not a bad thing. I would love to see this com- this, com- this company continue. I would love to see that these people are happy with their jobs. Obviously, it seems like a a portion of the employees are not happy with their jobs. Um, and that, I guess that's the big the big key thing there is that it, it, there's a little bit of a a fear about since this is obviously not the entirety of all the employees. There's it seems like there's plenty of people that do enjoy their job still because they're not a part of the union, and so there is a fear there that despite the fact that they do give that that statement that they seem like they do love seven C's and they want seven C's to be successful. Um, how much of that is really them looking out for the best of the company. But we'll, again, we'll have to see as it goes along. I hope I'm, I'm a little bit mad that one of these, these demands or I'm sorry, goals is not that they reprint Mushoko Tensei jobless reincarnation. But technically, that was one that got censored and then had to be uncensored by the translators. So maybe that's a part of the problem, not necessarily the good thing. That's that's one of those things of, like, be careful what you wish for. I mean, yes, there's a future that everybody's happy. The company is successful. The demands were met. They make lots of money. Everybody makes lots of money. And we get everything we want. Or there could be the other side of it that either Seven Seas closes we no longer get any the rest of the Mushoku Tensei printed, for example, as an example. Um, or everything going forward has to be censored because they need to meet the expectations of the translators that demanded that they no longer translate what makes them uncomfortable. Even it's, though technically translating to censor is you still dealing with something that's uncomfortable, which makes no sense to me. But it's frustrating because at this point, the, this 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 being started, whether you you choose one side or the other. This happening is not how do I put this because the your my words are going to get twisted here I know it this happening was not good because what this hap- what happened just now with this starting um this is a you you will bend to our will or we will crush you and the problem is is that there is no if if seven C's bends to the will and they do actually um, give in to these demands, and like Andrew said, if this is actually true and all these things were what needed to happen, and according to these the these employees, this stuff needed to happen. If they bend to the will and they give all this, and, and seven C's was actually making all this money, I guess maybe that's a good thing, but. Let's say for for just thought process sakes only, just a thought experiment. Let's say that they are not actually making all this insane amounts of money. And they can't. All these translators say, well, okay, then we go the other way. Even if new translators get hired in, 
They have to go through training, blah, 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 blah. There's going to be a loss of money. No matter how you look at it, seven C's will, if they are not making all the money that they're implying, they can go under. Just like we we said earlier, this is not, to me, you'll probably probably see an increase in cost in the books and they will sell and then they'll go under. Exactly. There's, there's. I, I hate to say this. There's no good end to that comes out of this. There's none. None that's, whatsoever. That's, that's always been the difficult thing to talk about things like this is because, it, we yes, uh, it's just like uh, animation in Japan. Yeah. I would love for all of them to get paid six figures a year. Yeah. I want every translator to get six figures a year. I want the guys that are printing the books, printing uh, on the, the assembly line, every one of them to get six figures a year. But guess I, what that I means? I want all the voice actors to get paid yeah. six figures a year. But guess I what want- that but the, the but the thing is is that is as much as people hope that means that it's just that the company makes less money and everything comes out even, it's not. The reality is that your book, your volume six of the next light novel that you're buying is fifty bucks. Yeah, I mean, and they're already god awful expensive <laughs> as it is. That's so. the thing, and, and that's the that's the that's the weird thing in their demands is they're saying that they want industry standard pay, pay, and it's like, but they're not industry standard books. You're not looking at a vol a a a, a book of I don't know uh, Game of Thrones that I mean we're not talking about books that cost. We're talking about. Well, ten dollar night novels, exactly, and and, and, and ten dollar mangas. They're and, not they're not industry standard sold items, and, 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 and they're not industry standard sold amounts. And to top off on what you're saying, the the also take into consideration that you you're buying multiple ver, uh, multiple uh, volumes of the same story. So eventually, to when it comes down to it, how how many how many books is um uh. Mushoko Tensei. How many volumes is that? 12? They've released, or, I think, 16 here recently, and it's going to go up to 23, I think. Okay, and if each one of those, that's 160 if you buy the entire thing right now. Now, imagine if you had to pay $50 of a uh, volume. That's a god-awful amount. I mean, you're talking, what, $800? Yeah. You, you, I mean, I mean, be if careful people what you're up. asking for, guys. And people. people might be fine with that. If you're fine with that, in order to get the six figures, no, I'm saying that people might be out for that, but it's not. It sounds mean, but it's not the world I'm looking for. Because again, and it's not the world that a lot of people are looking for. And what that's going to turn into is no sales, and that's the unfortunate thing. And that's just the reality that we live in, and that's that kind of rough reality that a lot of people don't really want to accept. That's again like the voice actors thing for the dubs. They demand more pay and everything. I, I'd love them to have six figure salaries. I mean, that's the pie in the sky. Everybody gets six uh, figure salaries, and that might that might work out for them, but it's not going to work out for your sub. Your sub's going to go up. I mean, Just, you, something's got to cover that cost, and that means yeah, maybe we'll get Netflix sub costs for uh, Crunchyroll going forward. I don't know. It's it's a struggle. It and it, and that, that that's the whole thing about difficulty of talking about it because it sounds like you're being the bad guy when you say you can't do that. Like the, the company can't sustain that because there's there's a lot of people out there that just figure it just comes out of the air. And just remember, this is this is what the the, the narrative thing when 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 I got off on my random. I I hate that we get stuck in this narrative thing. This is what people are asking you to support. What you are supporting is effectively 
you're backing these translators, which that's fine. You, I, 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 I understand why you want to back these translators because you believe that they should be valued more. I understand that. But understand when you do that, just like the voice actors, and when, when people get mad at me because I think that they're gatekeeping because they are whipping people into a frenzy, just like this, they're whipping people into a frenzy so that they go and attack the company. Whether you agree with the company or not, they're whipping you into a frenzy so that you attack the company. They win because the company bends to their will. That eventually will end up in whether you agree with what they're doing or not. The voice actors or the the translators, the localizers, all these people who are the ones that are talking to you because you think they're a cool guy. You don't know what they're asking these companies behind the, the, the closed doors. You don't know what they're saying. Just like we were trying to imply earlier. We don't know what, what the real story is, where this all came from. Instead, what we see is people have whipped uh, us, quote-unquote, normies, if you want to call us that. Us people who are on the outside... They're whipping us into a frenzy where one one person is saying, I don't know, this doesn't seem right. I, I kind of want uh, uh, Seven Seas to survive this, and I'm, I'm not real sure if I really agree with what these people are saying. Oh, no, well, you just don't, don't trust, don't, uh, you don't like translators, and you don't like uh, the people who are, so you're a, a, automatically an evil person, therefore you need to uh, be trashed. No, not necessarily. I think that uh, these people should be supported. But at the same time, I, I also know from a business standpoint that this is kind of a bad idea. Unions generally over ask, like Andrew said. That's what it comes down to. That's why I was a little bit leery when I heard about the whole idea with the voice actors wanting to start a, a union. Why are we starting a, a union for the voice actors? That's a bad idea. Not necessarily that they don't need a collective bargaining uh, standard. I think collective bar- bargaining is good. But nobody heard any of that because I said I'm not really big on unions. Why? Because unions tend to destroy businesses. Unless there's something like Netflix or something where they're just so freaking massive, it doesn't matter. And even then, I could make the argument that it's still dangerous for the uh, business that big. But when it comes down to it, it's a dangerous situation. Yes, unions have done wonderful things throughout history. I'm sure that somebody's going to bring up the miners or something like that. Yes, unions have done good things through collective bargaining, i.e., I think collective bargaining is a good thing. Unions as a whole are not necessarily a good thing. It, it's all it, it it's like it's that, it's that aspect it's like and again give me the evidence one way or another and i'll support one side or the other for now my hope is that what they're asking for is what they technically need to do their job and be comfortable the moment that it overstretches it is where i can kind of i start you lose me and that's that's really the end the end statement there so all right well that was fun <laughs> Eat up all of our time to talk to our community. 
So, with that said, let us jump into our community. Again, you can go to talkspear.com. There's a contact us button there where you can submit your questions to us, or you can go to our there's a link there at talkspear.com to join our Discord, talk to some great people in the anime community that loves anime, just want to talk about it. But yes, Ataku Trucker sent in a question. Says, hello guys. Um, we just talked about Taco Trucker. Um, happy to get an answer to my last questions I sent you in the mail episode. I had figured it wouldn't have been a broadcast due to the thousands of emails you guys get, uh, must get. Um, I really, it really made my day, so thanks for that. I appreciate the question. New question for you. Rate my top five anime of all time. Top five most insufferable characters. So I'm guessing the insufferable characters is the second part. So my top five of all time. Uh, five, he has my first, uh, my girlfriend, my first girlfriend is a gal? My girlfriend is a gal, I'm guessing. <laughs> Unless that's some kind of doujinshi or something I'm not aware of. But my girlfriend is a gal is your number five. Hmm. I seem to remember liking that one. Um, it was a little bit iffy on the, um... I dropped off it because it was one of those ones where we only got the censored version. The censored version was terrible. So I'm, I'm guessing maybe the uncensored version's better. Yes, the not version that came from Funimation because they decided to move My Girlfriend is a Gal to Crunchyroll with the censored version. Thank you. It, had, it was on those ones that had like the stupid big huge emblems over yeah, the right. naughty stuff. Ugh, it was bad. I, I, I liked it. So, yeah, you're you're good so far. It's a fun concept, though. Very, very fun concept. Four F a tale of memories. Oh man, that's, oh, that's one on I my list. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> my list of shame because it's got my favorite voice actor, one of my favorite voice actresses. It's it, I've had it for a while. I just haven't gotten around it. It's one of those ones I buy the Blu-ray, thinking I'll, it'll force me to watch it. But I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I'm certain that's a good one there. Escaflone movie and series. That's that's a classic. That that goes way up there in the the eights and nines. It there's parts of it that that doesn't really hold up. Because um, we just recently got that Blu-ray release of it, and me and Chris watched it. But there's parts of it that the pacing and stuff doesn't hold up, but it's a classic. Like, all the thing, a lot of things that we get for Isekai and stuff like that, and shoujo, um, action-y type shows, it, it has all that stuff in it. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the last anime that we got when Japan was pumping way too much money into animation and, and budgeting. So it's visually insanely good. So that's that's definitely up there. No comment from Chris. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I was I was trying to think of um, uh, Tinchi. I don't think you already I, uh, jumped on it too. Yeah, I, uh, spoiler. I, <laughs> um, yeah, I absolutely loved Escaflone. It was goofy, fun, hijinks. Um, goofy, fun, where, hijinks. Where, what? what? Way back in the um, <laughs> what? What is Escaflone? Goofy hijinks. It's about a girl that gets traveled to a world full of. War and destruction between two nations and some bandit guy. Where's goofy shenanigans? Oh, come wait, from? I, You're thinking Tinchi Moyo. We haven't even got to Tinchi No, Moyo they 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 had the um they had the the weird war between the two. Um, the weird goofy shenanigan war. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm. Th- I guess I'm what thinking of something else. I'm not thinking of Tenchi. I know I'm not. You're, think- t- you're thinking of dual parallel worlds. That's what you're thinking of. The one where he gets the Sekai to the other world and has to wear the 
the plug suit that makes him look like a girl so that he could pilot the girl only megas. What the heck are you talking about? I'm trying to think of something that would be goofy shenanigans and and, and tip and close to Escafloni. I don't know. I'm 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 I guess I'm thinking of something else. I, I thought if Escafloni was the other uh it was another show. So I I guess I'm Apparently off, so. Which which show are you thinking about? Obviously, you can't figure it out because I was getting ready to say it, and you're getting stuck on the fact that I'm um, the one where the guy and the the girl and the um, they got uh, sucked through the uh, portal and went to the other world, and at some point they went to a uh, one place. They were they were going from place to place to figure out how to get back. And one place they were doing the little goofy war where they, um... Oh, you're thinking about, um... It's up there. El Hazard. El Hazard, okay. Yeah. Anyways, Tenchi Moyo, War of Jiminar. I've never watched that one. That was... That was beyond my my Tenchi Moyo fandom. And I think I looked at it and I was like, this isn't... This isn't my Tenchi Moyo. Where's where's Ryoko and stuff? That, That guy looks like Tenchi, but... Eventually, I'll watch it. I've I've started it a couple of times. It, it's one of those that are in this kind of weird black hole of time frame in which we weren't heavily following anime. Um, so I never actually got into it, and going back to it has never been a good time. Really, what it comes down to. But I love Tenchi so much. I've w- always wanted to go back to it. Closer, that's your top two, though. And number one, Overlord. That one's that one's an easy one. I was I'm 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 mixed on the direction that it's going with the end of the last season, but excited to see where it's going to go with the next season coming up. But um, yeah, that's that's one that's always been really fascinating to me because it had that whole concept. I think the big the big thing that yeah, great characters, um, especially like all of his minions, and it's got a very nice dark twinge to it. But I think I've always liked that aspect of the becoming your character, becoming your avatar. Like him losing his own senses of humanity as he's, you know, living in this other world. So, really cool, though. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Besides the Goblin Armies, CGI, woof. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, generally, yeah, I, I don't blame you for having that at uh, top of the list. It's it's a really good show. Most insufferable characters. This is going to this is gonna cause some controversy on the in the, the comments and stuff. Number five, Aqua of Konosuba. Come on, hey, just just think, purify, 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 purify. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like the selling point for me. Yeah, she's technically it, it, to give you credit. Yes, yeah, she is obnoxious. She, she is, is very super obnoxious. loud, and she always has to be super loud. Um, she definitely does play the part of being the dysfunctional, useless goddess, which I do really like. This idea of being trapped with this lady that was so uppity before, and now she's just being an idiot. Um, but that, that, that's kind of why I love her. Um, I, I get why you feel that she's unsufferable, but she, she technically worked for me. So I, I did enjoy her. There was, there was times where I was like, okay, enough, enough Aqua. Let's go back to, you know, all the other good characters like Mega Man and stuff. But I, I follow you there. Prince Barburo of Gate. I'm guessing that was the guy that was the prince of the king that was, that captured the the Japanese girl and stuff and, and did horrible things to his subordinate who protected him still, and I hated that. Yeah, he's garbage. Like, there's nothing good about... There's nothing redeemable about him. There's just... Every scene that he's in, he's trash. So, yeah, 100% agreed on that one. 
I'm, and I'm, I hate that he's got that girl under his finger. I'm 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 generally thinking that I know which one you're talking about, and I I agree. I I didn't like him at all. I love seeing I I there was a scene that I liked about him. It was a scene when he got his the crap beat out of him in the <laughs> yeah, middle of the, I, yeah, the throne I, room. Yeah, that's, that's the character I was thinking of. <laughs> I'm guessing. I mean, unless there's another prince that I'm not aware of, I, I'm pretty sure that's him. But yeah, I was coming just walking into the throne room carrying a, a Japanese civilian is like, yeah. I, did you really think that was going to go well? And again, that that was the reason why I liked that scene so much. Was it was like everybody watching that scene had the same thought: beat the crap out of this dude, and they do. And it's like, yay! Thanks, thanks for a show that actually. Um, why is this not finding this? Um, probably because Gates so stupidly generic as a name, and I don't have the entire name. So, J- the Japanese Self Defense Force um, goes into another world to save people. Well, at least it shows like the other girl like way up on the list, so that was easy. But I don't see him in the list. I'm not finding this dude just, at all. Why don't you just put uh, in search in the? Um... Yes. No, he's that's not Barbados. That's uh, Caesar Zorzal is the guy that we're talking about. Who the hell is Prince Barbaro? We've been ranting on about somebody. It's not even you're talking about. I don't even see Barbaro when I when I search that. Who are you talking about, Otaku <laughs> Trucker? Barbaro. There's no characters by name Barbaro. Did it translate it differently somewhere else, maybe? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to assume that you're probably talking about him, though. I don't I don't know an, of an, a Barbaro. Somebody, somebody can correct us. So, Gate, Jump, Self-Defense, Force, Barbaro. That's not Prince. That's Burro. I guess it could be, but he, maybe he's not a character that has... I mean, I mean, anyways, moving on. <laughs> I'm going to assume that's the guy that we're talking about, that Caesar guy. But uh, number three, he's got Riser Phoenix of High School DxD. Was that the creepy dude that ran off with everybody on the bus? No, that's High School DxD. I'm thinking of um, High School of the Dead. Riser Phoenix D- DxD. I don't I don't even remember him. Maybe I blocked him from my mind. Do you remember Riser Phoenix? Mm-mm. Was he the one that they did the battle with? Um, Probably at the end of the uh Yeah, he he was going to force the marriage with that battle that they did. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I I can see that. Um not 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 my favorite character at all. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. <laughs> not not, that not bad. compared not compared to the the next one. Um, let's see, you know of Future oh no, Diary. you know you know didn't bother me. It was um, I I, I take that back. You know didn't bother me. It it was her partner. Um, I can't stand that guy. He he bugged the crap out of me. But I put up with with the show just for him, or just for her. Um, I've I've never been a fan of you know. I mean, I I, I like I I understand the whole yandere thing but i don't know i i think the only thing that really redeemed her is really the the end of it yuki yuki is his name i couldn't stand yuki i i i forgot his i i think there's there's this this kind of mixture when it comes to yandere is i think that a lot of people either like yandere characters like specific yandere characters i'm not talking about as a whole um because i think that there's a lot of yandere characters that i like and there's a lot that i don't like 
Um, and there's, I think it kind of comes down to if you can kind of, yeah, a lot of people just love the idea of somebody being deathly in love with them. And so that is kind of the appeal for a lot of people, but there's also the aspect of, yeah, maybe getting to their story, understanding why they're kind of so drawn to somebody can sometimes be the enjoyment. And yeah, there's the aspect of, yeah, seeing some chick beat the crap or possibly kill somebody that is in the way of their loved one. So I do think that a lot of it comes down to the femme fatale. I really do. Um, I generally like the full devotion of the Yandere. And that's always been kind of my favorite thing about them. I've never been big on the psycho side per se, but when it comes down to it, it's kind of a package deal. Either you like, uh, you go with that or you don't. Um, so it's generally always been kind of the, and I like you, you know, mostly because of her, um, because of the fact that technically she's, she's trying to play this, um, this, this kind of chess match aspect. I, that's kind of spoilerish, so bear with it. Um, but when it comes down to it, it is a very, um, she does have these really fantastic scenes that I really love. Yeah. And last one, number one, his most insufferable character is Subaru from ReZero. <laughs> I think that was a troll at you, honestly. I don't Probably. Know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of people that don't like Subaru. I'm a I'm a Subaru apologist. It's not to say that I think that he's like great or anything. I just I think that a lot of people's issues with Subaru is why I think he's a fascinating character. Um, I think a lot of people dropped off of ReZero because of how, especially during the mansion arc, which was like the first point we really seen Subaru being pushed through a grinder. Um, he, people thought that he got annoying there, and I felt like he made sense. Just like my apologies of me apologizing for, um, or being an apologist for Shinji of Evangelion is this idea of, yeah, he's whiny, he doesn't want to get in the mecha. Well, yeah, because... If the mecha gets its arm ripped off, he feels like his arm literally got ripped off. Like, in his his mind is telling him, your arm's gone. And you just felt it dislocatious, this, remove itself from the socket and the skin tear. Um, it's kind of understandable that he's a little messed up. And I had that feeling with Subaru when he was getting really thrown to the grinder and killed and suspecting friends and having friends turn on him the next time he resets i understand people's perspective of not liking him as the otaku self and dancing and doing the i don't know the john travolta dance uh, pose and stuff i don't really care for that side i think he's eccentric and fun in a way um and that's his that's his character that's him as a person i so i i i, I understand people's grievances with that side of him I just I can't I don't follow people on the grievances of him as a character when he's putting through the, he's put through the grinder. So I've always been kind of middle of the road. I don't hate Subaru, but at the same time, he's, he's not my favorite character in, on in in all realms. Um, I I feel about like you know, about with him like I do with Shinji or um, some of the other characters. I. Uh, like I said, Yuki, I ne- I Yuki, I really don't like. Um, there's a character in um, Akunahana that's the same way. I, he's 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 bordering on that edge of. If it wasn't for the fact that I would, and 
for for those who don't know, Aku no Hana is one of my favorite uh, stories of all time. I, I think it's a fantastic story. But when it comes down to it, the main character in that one is very similar to, in, in respects of I wish that they weren't as uh, to me, they, they just get a little bit overboard and it's kind of like with when Andrew brings up the like whole melancholy and yeah, the self-deprecating and, yeah. and lack of any sense of confidence. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those frustrating things that I, 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 I deal with it in a lot of cases. I, I don't, I don't hold any animus when it, when, especially when it's a character that, Technically, like Andrew said, I I can make the argument for this, 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 and this. I and and I'm, and, I, and when you stop and you think about it, yeah, especially since I'm more character driven, I understand the the aspect of what Andrew's ta- talking about. When if I was to sit there and die over and over and over and over again, I'd be a little bit freak uh, paranoid when it comes to people who I should be technically trusting. I when it comes down to it characters that you really like doing these kinds of things you would you would be a little bit leery of them as well so, or or you'd be a little bit whiny when it comes to like Andrew was saying your arm is ripping off you would hurt yeah it would kind of suck well i, I got to kick out of that with the subaru things so there was at the time um and again i'm not i'm not sure if ataka trucker is uh his grievances with subaru is his again his goofiness or if it's his breaking um, either way, I mean, I understand that people get frustrated with it. I'm just like I said, my mentality is going in the direction of when I hear people say, I really hate Subaru in this episode because he's all whiny. And it's like, well, have you ever had like a morning star the size of a watermelon, a ball with spikes on it, crush your skull in? I don't know if I would under, I don't, I don't, I can't say that I, I believe his reaction to that is good, uh, uh, is believable or not because i've never had my face smashed in by a morning star the size of a watermelon um it's hard to understand what somebody would feel having died and then reset and, and still die and, and still reset. talk to that person again ever i think i mean <laughs> the first time i died i'd be running like i probably would have ditched the mansion like Maybe my only way of really thinking that Subaru is an unbelievable character is I feel like I would have left a long time ago. Like, I don't think most people would have stayed in that mansion. Well, when it comes down to it, I personally don't like Subaru because he didn't choose right. That is true. (laughs) Episode 18. Episode 18. Yeah, that was funny because I was defending Subaru. And then 18 happened. And I'm like... Yeah, Super's a bad character. <laughs> His writing doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's all the time we have for now. Uh, I think we spoke way too long on on <laughs> unions. That's fine. That's fine. Hopefully, people enjoy the conversation. Uh, but as always, we definitely appreciate you guys' support. And if you guys do want to support us, again, TakuSpread.com. That's where you can find all of our links to everywhere. Uh, you can find our Twitch channel there. Uh, support us at twitch.tv slash spirited ed at the end there um if you have a amazon prime account and you don't prime twitch prime anybody just go over there and drop it on us we definitely appreciate it um additionally you can you know subscribe to our channel we just hit six thousand subs so i'm definitely appreciative of you guys supporting us and sharing out 
our YouTube channel as well and viewing our videos there. Again, if you're a fan of Mushoku Tensei, just finished up volume one, putting up the last part of that up onto the channel. So that's been a lot of fun. Additionally, we have a tips link, gunnatalkspear.com. We have other ways you guys can support us, including Patreon. We definitely appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. We've got some new ones, and we definitely appreciate. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoyed, and you all take care. Os. Caught up, I'm, I'm up to date on uh, Tomodachi. I can't stand that show. I really can't. It's so bad. I don't know. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what it is about that show that I hate. It's so hilarious because it's like, <laughs> did you know that he's murdered somebody before? And everybody's like, oh, you're a murderer. I was friends with a murderer. Well, I'm going to go by myself, so peace out, guys. You're going to leave us behind? It's like, <laughs> what? What is this? Is this like split personality or just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. By the way, I love syndrome? this guy. <laughs> I can't. The melodrama. I can't. I, I don't know what it is about that show I, I hate, and yet I love it at the same time. It's just such. Yeah, I can't. I can't.